Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This series, we're focusing on female financial independence, looking towards a stronger financial future. Be sure to let us know your thoughts on the show, and please do connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram, or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk. So in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking to Sandra Ten Hope, who is a successful corporate lawyer, toxic relationship awareness advocate and author, who is using her experience of a surviving not one, but three abusive relationships to help other professional women rewrite their stories. In her book, Do Not Try Him at Home, she recalls her near-death experience at the hands of her partner, abuser of the time, who unleashed a brutal and sustainable attack lasting six hours. In this honest account, Sandra reveals the extent of her living a double life. She spent many years hiding the truth of what was happening to her colleagues, to her friends and her family. And like many professional women in toxic relationships, by the day she'd be closing multi-million pound deals in the boardroom. But once she left the office at home, she would barely look up from uh, fear of what would happen. But Sandra has um, other women um, who know that are absolutely no way out and um, that they will not be themselves again. She's helping raise awareness and vital funds for the UK charity Women's Aid, of which she is a media spokesperson. Um, one pound from the book sales will be donated to them. Sandra is now using her experience and extensive corporate mentoring and coaching skills to help women recognise these patterns of abuse and rebuild themselves one step at a time. So Sandra's going to be talking to us a little bit about her story and sharing some things that you could be looking out for potentially in your relationships or for your friends, girlfriends, mothers and daughters, etc. And today's title of the show is Financial Control Isn't Just for Stay-at-Home Mums. Enjoy. Welcome, Sandra, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a true privilege to be here oh no of course it's, it's I've been obviously I've read your bio out and I've told people about you um so very much a privilege to have you um so talk to me about why women's aid well in the run-up to the launch of my book uh my PR agent Nicola only she had contacted women's aid right. and she got in touch with them and she gave them a sort of description of what the book would be about um mm-hmm. and that I intended to uh, support them by donating, as I still do, uh, a pound for every purchased book um, to Women's Aid. Um, and they kindly sent a lovely uh, review that was read out on the day of the, of the publication. Um, and afterwards, I got in touch with their sort of uh, speakers bureau, so to say, and they asked me if there would be journalists uh, who were interested in this kind of story, if those could contact me through Women's Aid, um, okay. as had, has happened uh, a couple of times so far. Um, I truly love what they are doing to support and empower women. There's a few friends in the entrepreneurial realm um, who went through similar uh, experiences I have with respect to domestic violence, who are uh, based in the UK, and who made it quite clear that without the aid of women's aid, they would not be here today. 
Maybe. when they were either in the relationship or trying to get out of the relationship or were just out of the relationship. Women's aid could give guidance um, on a lot of legal financial issues, but also provide sort of hands-on care, uh, be it in a safe house or other kind of support, support groups that help them to get balanced again. And even now um, have a uh, good life for themselves. Many have kids, um, be it, you know, as a mom, but also as a business owner um, that it would not have had without women's aid. Amazing. And there yeah. are similar organizations in the Netherlands where I'm based, who I also support. Um, but as my book is written in English um, and, you know, my sort of um, business existence, so to speak, and also friends existence, so to speak, is usually in the UK or other English speaking countries. I figured that um, giving the proceeds to women's aid would be a lot clearer for those who buy the book than if it had been just a Dutch organization. I understand. Now it's brilliant. It is an amazing charity. Um, and it's something that my, my business supports as well. Um, so for yourself, you've, you've sort of, a lot of people think when, when you're in an abusive relationship or um, you're in a long-standing relationship, um, I've spoken, spoken to a lot of uh, women that, you know, they've had children and then therefore they've taken a step back from their careers. They've taken a step back to, to look after the children. And often they're with people I'd like to describe as maybe an older uh, outlook as, as to what women should be doing. Um, so how they should be looking after the home, how they should be running things. And that I'm not saying women shouldn't then have a, you know, a successful, busy career, but that's sort of the, as a, as a couple, that's a decision that they've made jointly. Or, you know, it might be the women's choice that that's what they want to do for that period of time. A lot of the women I've spoken to so far in the podcast series um, were, are now very successful at what they do. Um, but they weren't when they were in the abusive relationship or even maybe just before they went into the abusive relationship. Whereas yourself, you were in a very high, very successful boardroom environment. Um, and obviously you're then going home to find yourself not being able to look up and look the person in the eye and really sort of two personalities in a, very sort of successful background, very successful career. So it doesn't really matter what, what, what do culturally where you come from. It doesn't matter financially what your, what, how your financial standing is or what your career CV looks like. Um, this happens to women from all backgrounds doing all kinds of things and in all kinds of ways. And I'd just love to hear from you, um, how did that all start? So did, did you know before that, that you was in that kind of relationship? Well, the thing is, um, people have this view on what is an abusive relationship and where does it happen? Um, they have this idea that it happens in a certain area, um, like certain neighborhoods, not the best of neighborhoods, to so women who are indeed uh, not working or on low paid jobs um, and that's where it's supposed to happen and that's sort of the idea that I grew up with as well mm. I never thought that you know um, as a professional high achieving 
a high earning woman, I could end up in such a relationship. Also, people think that abuse is just being hit in the face or other parts of your body. Mm. And that that would be obvious and then you would leave. But that is not how it starts in any abusive relationship because then it'd be clear. It starts, uh, you're being wooed in a magnificent way. And then slowly but surely, firstly, the emotional abuse starts. Um, And you might be uh, drawn to a certain dynamic in a relationship uh, because of how you grew up or because of your culture or a combination of all that. So it might take you a long time to realize what's going on, especially if, like I did at the workplace, I was being me. I was doing the things I was doing and I was doing them well. I had good relationships with my co-workers. So for me to realize that something was really off at home, um, it did take a long time. It might have taken until the first hit in the face. Mm. And when that happened, not just are you physically hurt, you're emotionally hurt and shame kicks in. Mm. Because how could this happen to someone like myself? Yeah. How could it happen to someone who's outspoken, um, who does her job well, who does dare to speak up in a corporate environment? How could this happen? I must, you know, I thought I was the only woman in the professional world who did this had ever happened to. Yeah. Um, so shame is a huge factor. Shame is not just for the professional woman thinking, oh my God, I've got something weird going on at home. Shame is the biggest part for all women, also men. There are also men who are in an abusive relationship, but I come from a uh, men-woman relationship background. So that's... Yeah. Uh, that's and, that's, yeah. and the statistically, yeah. there are, there are um, women who are abusive to their partners. Yeah. Um, and that could be same sex or different yeah. sex yeah. relationships. Yeah. Um, but statistically, um, it is that much higher in a male and female environment exactly. and the, the male being the abuser. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, when you can speak to women who are either still in a relationship or out of their relationship, they will say that they were too ashamed to owe up to it. Um, not just maybe because of their own background, maybe they came from a very loving family, maybe they are high achieving or any of the stories that we're being told that it would be impossible for you to land in an abusive relationship. Um, But also the men that they are with, the men that I was with, these are to the outside world, the nice blokes, the social Mm. blokes, Mm. the the fun blokes, the gosh, that's a good looking, nice, wonderful man that you're with. Yeah. So is there is there a part here somewhere where um, you don't want it to be true? And is there a part here where you also think that maybe it's you and not actually yourself? Yeah, well, the thing is, there's the outside world who would find it hard to see it. But the abuser, I always uh, say um, there's the likes of Dynamo and other people who play with your mind. And if you were to go to a show of like Dynamo and you come up on stage and they play with your perception, everybody knows. And they might laugh with you if you're subject to one of his tricks, but you go back into the audience and no one will say, 
how stupid of you not to see what's going on because nobody yeah. can truly see what's going on you just know that they play with perception well yeah. that's exactly what an abuser does he plays with your perception yeah so he knows exactly how to position himself but also how you end up positioning yourself feeling very confused feeling very ashamed yeah because this is basically what they do either for a liking or a living this is what they are so and they they have this down to a t it's very hard to protect yourself against someone who systematically tries to um gaslight you that's the term and you how does it work with finances in this scenario so for yourself this is different for everybody because it does depend on the makeup of the relationship um, but financially, what tends to happen in um, the, nor, the conversations I've had with people so far is that they, they're not working. The female's not working as much, not earning as much, and therefore they are more reliant on the other person. So they can't leave because they are financially stuck. They're not financially independent. They're not able to leave. Um, and therefore, financially, they're having to sort of sweet talk the person to be able to get money but I've also heard stories where there are females where the money would go into like a joint account or into their partner's account even and they weren't allowed it it was like it wasn't their money in effect and I mean in a controlling way I don't mean that in a you know um where it all gets spent on the kids kind of way I mean it literally is all yes they're not allowed access to it which is economic and financial abuse which in the UK is actually that's a very clear violation of uh, it's actually legally it's illegal to do that now um but even to the extent if you were stopped from working you were stopped from being financially independent you were stopped in any way of having access even to a car to go to a job for example that would be economic abuse in the uk it's now illegal to do that um, which is a reason for bringing that up i just think it's a really important point i don't think a lot of people realize actually how much how far we've progressed in this area in the last three or four years but for you how how did how was that for you financially where did that all sit well for me uh if we concentrate on what i would say the main abuser in my book where physical violence played a huge part i ended up supporting him because he wasn't working or he wasn't in a steady working environment. So I supported him, I supported his house, but it came down ultimately to me not having the full control of those finances. Um, I recall once being uh, hit severely because he had found out that I'd lent money to a friend. The friend had meanwhile repaid it, but he thought it was unfair in whatever way. <laughs> um, so even though a lot of things were in my name, uh, I paid for uh, all that he needed. And ultimately, he did some stupid things that led to a lot of damages for which I was legally responsible. So even though I, I had my own... I do hear yeah. a lot of people go, like, get, going to get into a lot of debt and then, you know, the other bit affects the other person and they've, I know people have got bankrupt and all sorts of things because of it. Yeah, so I, I was very close to have been bankrupt and I paid in damages for a great number of years um, for me it's also sort of a warning sign um, when a friend um, she introduced me to a lady who was setting up her own business and then I saw a Facebook post about her cheering on how her then boyfriend was taking care of all the finances and I was something energetically off and I said to my friend I said, she is in trouble or she's going to be in trouble. 
And my friend said, are you sure? Because he's the nicest guy, you know, and so supportive of her in her business. I said, trust me on this one. But obviously years later now, it's come to light that he has yeah. run off with the money and treated her really bad. And it's, it's a very painful divorce also with respect to the kids. But, but there was this one post and she, in which she was saying, oh no, he takes care of all of that because you know, then I don't have to worry about it. And I was like, oh gosh, no, but that flag. Red flag, but obviously for me to recognize it, my knowledge comes with a price tag attached. That yeah. there's still a part of me that wishes for no person on this planet to understand what I'm coming from. But unless mm-hmm. from the statistics, I know that's not true. There's a lot of women, um, like you said, either who are making their own money or for now in a situation in which they, for instance, look after the kids and are not making money, um, which is equally valuable. Um, Yes. Uh, end up in a situation in which they have no say over their money or are liable for damages for years to come, even if they found a point to let the perpetrator go. Yeah. So can you name any other sort of obvious red flags? So you mentioned one there being, um, oh, he looks takes care of me. He looks after all the money. I don't have to deal with anything, which goes against my um, financial, female financial independence. I don't believe in advocating your financial responsibility to anyone or any person, equally doesn't matter who you are, male, female, working, not working. Um, but there are there any other red flags that you would think of? Um, well, when it comes to a joint account, uh, if there is one, and you start off on a seemingly balanced ground, uh, maybe the two of you are working, maybe one is working, the other is not. But on a joint account, just make sure that you have insight through an app on a daily basis or a weekly basis if you go through your accounts. So you truly know what's going on. Because there's a lot of women, even though um, uh, like they're with husbands who are maybe also a professional or a business owner and think that everything is in order, just make sure that you have an insight. And if that is not granted on joint accounts, and that would be a huge red flag. Um, and um, depending on your circumstances, uh, it's not always about demanding it because you could end up in a dangerous situation, but recognize it for yourself as something that is off balance. Yeah. And if so, there are ways to seek help, to discuss your situation, like Women's Aid, like other organizations, who could then help you make a step plan if you decide that it's so off balance that you wish to leave this relationship. Because okay. um, finances are a sort of, um, it's an abusive tool. Yeah. Um, and uh, it can do a lot of damage. And like we you know, touched upon earlier, abuse is way more than being physically hit. It's emotional uh, abuse, it's financial abuse, it's uh, sexual abuse, it's physical abuse. And there are elements uh, in some relationships that will be one element, in other relationships there will be all elements. But any element that makes you feel not worthy or not seen or not heard, that makes you wonder, that makes you feel guilty, that makes you feel ashamed, all of those take those signs seriously. Brilliant. That's really good advice. I think that's really good advice. Um, so how did you change things? Because you haven't just been in one abusive relationship. You've been in two, three. I've been in three, all with a bit of different 
flavor to it. Uh, did it get easier to get out as you got more experience in doing that? Uh, it did get, yeah, it ultimately did get easier to get out because the final one was with the biological father of my child. And from meeting him to divorcing him, uh, we only have like a three and a half year period in which we also had uh, my son. Um, so it does get easier. Uh, I must say that in a final relationship, physical abuse did not play a part. Um, but it does, uh, it does get, it, yeah, it was a lot easier for me to say, this is where my boundaries are. Yeah. If, if I'd not fallen pregnant, it would have lasted a lot, maybe even a year, year and a half. Right. Because uh, uh, it was way easier to see the signs. Yeah. And to act upon those and to yeah. realize this is what I'll accept and this is what I won't accept. Yeah, I mean, I used to, when I was being brought up, my dad always said, you know, don't have children you get, until you get married, um, because I came from a very Catholic upbringing. Um, however, what I say to my daughter is, is being married is really important because you're the person's commit, you're committed to each other. And I do believe in the sacrilege of marriage. I do, I, that's just sort of like a fun foundation sort of feeling for me personally, although there's certainly no judgment for those that don't don't choose not to if anything it helps with to tax purposes um but um you know I, I also think that it's more important and what I'm teaching my daughter is to be financially independent because whenever you do choose to then have children if you're not in a, a strong financial position you're it, it is, a, is a time of um where you need to focus on somebody else and other than yourself and therefore, if you haven't got the right support and the right financial support around you, family support, friend support, et cetera, then, you, you know, you are in a, a sort of a vulnerable, very vulnerable position. It doesn't mean you make you weak, but you are vulnerable. So it's making sure you have the right structures. And I'm all for being, you know, your partner being supportive, but you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're not giving yourself future options. So offering to never work again. Off, you know, giving up the job that you love and not thinking about leaving the door open to maybe go back what part time or not doing any marketing in your business the whole time because you just don't know if you're going to be able to handle it or when you have the baby that you're finding it a bit of a struggle get some help make sure that you're keeping your track the wheels on the track on the train so you're keeping things going um, so that there's you still got a little bit of momentum don't always fully shut the door isn't my only advice because you want to have options and it's not being financially independent in the full sense of necessarily having a million pound in the bank. But it just means if you needed a few hundred pounds to have a day off or go and stay in a hotel or have a break and have a little holiday or take the kids away or whatever it might be, or buy the shoes that you want and the coat that you want without having to ask for money, then that, that's, what, that's what we should be doing. Fully agree. Financial freedom gives options uh, the option to leave if necessary, also the option to, if you decide to leave, build a future for yourself on your own terms. It is so very important that we teach uh, our children to, uh, I think that from financial freedom, you can have a way more balanced and sound relationship because that part, uh, there is no uh, uh, necessity to be together from a financial viewpoint. And it really comes down to being a good fit, to supporting each other um, also in an emotional way. I'm not yeah. saying that, that you should never join finances or, you know, if, if the relationship is sound, and that is also a very, can be a very sound 
thing to do, investing things together, um, but just make sure that if things go off balance, that you don't have to stay from a financial viewpoint. Yeah, 100%. Well, I've really enjoyed our t- chat today. I know you need to shoot off. Would you like to tell people just about your, your book and a little bit about what you cover? And obviously, I will share links in the description below for those listening on my podcast, on my, on my blog, um, so you can go and check out the, the, the book, which is Do Not Try Him at Home. <laughs> Exactly. It just just came to me at some point, um, um, because obviously you see all those DIY programs, and uh, and then it just hit me, uh, do not try him at home. And it covers three relationships, one with a womanizer, one with what I refer to as the abuser, uh, because there was physical abuse uh, in that relationship, and one with an addict. Uh, And all three had massive challenges. And uh, ultimately, I'm glad that I'm a neither of those anymore. And my main aim is to raise awareness that there are various types of abuse and it can happen to anybody. Definitely. Notwithstanding profession, nationality, age, the type of relationship that you're in. Um, and if there is awareness, then others might wake up uh, earlier than I have done. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Thank and you I so wish much. you all you wish you all the luck with your book. Um, and um, yeah, thanks for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. For any regulated advice, please do head over to www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk